This morning we are looking at a clear choice. <laughs> a clear choice. Now, most of the time whenever we think about making choices, we think of, uh, well, we've got to muddy, muddy up the water, we've got to see the clouds, we've got to part the clouds, we've got to get rid of the distortions. You know, Jose this morning was looking at the uh, projector and he was saying how, how uh, distorted it was and was out of sync. And, you know, I said, oh, it depends on how you look at it. If you take my glasses off, nothing's out of sync, you know? <laughs> so, clear choice. And it was interesting that uh, I looked up the, the definitions because I thought I understood them perfectly, but, you know, it never hurts to look again. But a clear, clear means very obvious, not, not um, causing or allowing doubt. Hmm, clear. Did you ever, I mean, I never thought of it that way. Something that is not causing or allowing doubt. A clear choice. On a clear day. Why do we like the clear day? Sun shining, we can see forever. <laughs> you know, on a clear day, we can see the horizons. We can see a great distance. <clears throat> from out on the mountain, you can see, how many counties can you see from up there? Or states? Lots, yes. It's sometimes a state of confusion, but there's lots of states that you can see up there. But in our lives, what are clear choices? Things that are not allowing doubt. And, and the choice means the act of choosing, the act of picking or deciding between two or more possibilities. So here we are looking to make a decision between two or more possibilities that as we are looking at them, they do not cause or allow doubt. Clear choices. So, I think of a sermon um, Dr. Leonard Hero in our Bible school spoke about, and it was after uh, Barbara, one of Barbara Streisand's songs in the movie, On a Clear Day I Can See Forever, you know. And Dr. Hero, our our president of the school spoke about how that Abraham, on a clear day, you know, he, was, he was a traumatic speaker, but on a clear day, Abraham could see into the future and he could see the promise that God had given him in his heart at this point. And in this future, he saw the promise being answered. He saw himself with a child. He saw his descendants as numerous as the stars in the sand on the seashore. On a clear day, he could see that. And he waited, and he waited, and he waited, and he waited, and he waited. Twenty years he waited, till it was way beyond his ability to have a child, way beyond his wife's ability to have a child. And then God revisits them again and says, <clears throat> Abraham, can you see the promise? God, I'm way beyond promise. But Abraham, I made a promise. And you see, whenever we are making, when God has made a promise, it is the act of picking or deciding between two or more possibilities. Abraham had to choose between two possibilities, that God would honor his word or his wife and he were beyond childbearing age. Which possibility are we going to choose? And when we have a clear understanding of what God has placed in our hearts, 
It gives us the ability to choose correctly. To choose correctly. And in this case, Abraham chose to believe. He chose to believe that God will honor his word and God will bring about his son. <laughs> Very few things in life appear to be clear choices. You know, Jerome Bettis last night, anybody watch the inductions into the Hall of Fame? Okay, no football fans here. <laughs> a couple, we, got, we got a couple over here. Did you see it? Didn't see it, okay. You saw it on Facebook? Okay. Well, during his speech, Jerome, and call him Jerome because he and I are good friends, Jerome is. <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Jerome Bettis spoke about, spoke to his son, and he said to his son, you're going to be great because greatness is in your blood. And he was not only referring to himself, you know, as being this great athlete, but he referred to his grandparents and to his mother and to her parents and how that, they, you know, their family is great blood is, as it were, flowing through his life. And I, when I heard that, I thought, hey, wait a minute. We need to say that about ourselves. We need to say that about the creation, the creator of the universe. God has spoken breath and breathed into us the breath of life. And you know, whenever we have the breath of life in us, God put this all together. All right, he put the whole body together while you were yet in your mother's womb. God formed us. God put us together. And then he gave and put inside of us all the talents and the abilities and everything that we would ever need. It's all in there. And then the breath of God. And when the breath of God combines with the DNA that God has put together, that there is an attraction to them. And there's an attraction to the possibilities. There's an attraction to the promises. There's an attraction to how that God is going to work a miracle in our lives, not because of us, but because of him. Not because of what we have done, but because of what God has done. And how that God has put this stuff inside of us, our DNA, put inside of us the qualities and the abilities and the, and the greatness that is before us. He has put it all inside of us. And what is he doing with it? He's causing it to come together. He's causing it to come together and to work those circumstances and work those difficulties because on a clear day, we can see how God is going to do what God is going to do. And then we find ourselves walking the path, taking the steps, <laughs> doing the everyday work of arriving at some place that God has promised. So God looks at us, and he says we have greatness flowing through us. We have greatness flowing through our lives. And you know, would you ever, whenever you hear people quote the promises of God, you know, that I can, you know, I can do all things. I can be. I can become that. I can go there. I can stay here. I can become. Excuse me. I can receive. I have been blessed. I can be a blessing. I can give. I can love. I can forgive. You see, whenever we put those I cans there, that God is, what's he doing? He's bringing the promise to the possibility that we have in our mind. 
that I believe that God can do something greater than anything that we've ever begun to even imagine. Okay, you say, well, let's, uh, what do you, you know, me, I've been dreaming about a motorhome. Uh, <laughs> you know, getting a motorhome and all this stuff and, and people, you know, people and self looking at things and saying, well, you know, do you know how expensive they are? Do you know how much it costs to run them? Do you know that you really can't afford this? And do you know that in all of your lifetime, if you work for the next 10, 15 years, you can't even begin to pay for one, even if you put the whole amount of money on that thing? But you know what? I don't pay attention to that. <laughs> because I believe there, there's something, there's, a, there's this promise in, my, in me that God is going to do something beyond anything that I can ask or imagine. So I'm attracted to that. Now, will I have it? I don't know. I don't know if I will or I won't, but there are things in our life that we are attracted to. Do you know what I was attracted to about probably 30 years ago it was? <laughs> Sears had a commercial for um, garage door openers. You know, and garage doors with the door with the opener, okay? And I always said, you know what? I want a house where I can live, where I can push a button and the garage door opens. Well, that's when we lived in the parsonage. And I would always think, God, I want a house where I can push a button and the garage door opens. I have a house where I can push a button and the garage door opens. <laughs> well, he could have done that down here and stayed in the parsonage. But that's not what was in my heart. And you see, in our hearts and in our lives, there are dreams. There are aspirations. There are desires. And some of them are <laughs> bad pizza. And some of them are God-given. Some of them are desires in our heart. And God is saying, you know, where can we go that we have not desired to go? You know, if we, get ta if we are taken to where we do not desire to go, we're being dragged, kicking and screaming the whole way. <laughs> right? But if we have desires to get somewhere, we have desires to go somewhere, we have desires to do things, God has a way of interpreting that desire correctly. And then, with the promise, bringing the promise and the desire together. And when the promise and the desire come together, that's where we are like Abraham, leaving our country from, you know, and going and leaving our past behind us and going to a place where God will show us when we get there. And this is what God is doing in our life. This is where God is taking us because the I am that I am has sent me. Moses in his declaration to the children of Israel and whenever he's having this conversation with God, he says, God, how am I going to tell them? How am I going to prove to them that you sent me? And God will say, tell them that I am that I am has sent me. The I am that I am. See, I am the bread of life. I am the living water. I am your healer. I am your provider. I am your savior. I am your soon coming king. You see, from that I am, we bring into the promise of God. Whenever we feel weak, we can say, I am strong in Christ. Whenever I feel like I'm not loved, I can say, I am loved in Christ. Whenever I say that my sins of the past keep popping up in front of me, I can say I am forgiven because of Jesus. 
And whenever I look at my life and say, well, you know, I don't have this or I don't have this, I don't have that, I can say I'm gifted because of what God has placed inside of me. And whenever we put these situations of life and put ourselves in the place and the breath of God comes into our soul and into our life, we find that there is a merging of hope and expectation. There is a merging of strength. There is a merging of love and forgiveness. There's a merging that brings together... (laughs) Brings together what? A clear choice. It brings together a clear choice that... There is not causing or allowing doubt. It's clear to me that God loves me. It's clear to me that I am forgiven. It's clear to me that I have to give up doing it myself and allow God to do it through me. It's clear that I have to choose. I have to choose between two roads. I have to choose between two lives. I have to choose between faith and doubt. I have to choose between loving God or doubting God. I have to choose how I'm going to speak about people and about things and about what's happening and what isn't happening. I have to choose the direction that I'm going with my life, and I have to choose the direction of my conversation. I have to choose the direction of my faith. I have to choose the abilities that I wish to use or not use. I have to choose that my life is a failure or my life is a success. All because of what God has breathed into my life. I look at our grandson, <laughs> and um, I see his mom and dad. <laughs> you know, I also see his uncle David. <laughs> uh, I see traits of his grandmother, smart intelligent. I see traits of patterns that uh, you see in his parents. These are all good things. We see traits there. And you see, without being taught, he has these character traits. Without even teaching, he he has them. And whenever we believe It's the character trait of God inside of us that whenever we can believe that (laughs) life is good, when I can believe that God is going to turn this around, when I believe that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, when I believe that, you see, these are the character traits of God that we are reflecting the image of Christ that is inside of us. We are reflecting what God has put there. We look into the mirror and say, oh my. (laughs) But God looks into the eyes and we look into the eyes of God and we say, wow. Wow, I can see Jesus in this. And whenever we're looking at life and people are looking at us and we're interacting, we need to remember I am Jesus Christ to these people, not that I am God, but I am the only Bible they will read. I am the only person, perhaps, that will ever touch their lives at this moment. <laughs> I prayed for uh, an individual the other, the other day, and uh, <laughs> after I finished praying, she goes, wow, that was beautiful. <laughs> and she wasn't talking about my words. 
she was talking about the presence that she felt when I prayed. You see, she had dementia. She couldn't put a sentence together. She couldn't talk. But when I prayed, she said, wow, that was beautiful. Perfect, clear statement. First time I'd ever heard her say anything. And you see, it wasn't the prayer, it was the presence. And this is what we are looking at in our eyes of faith, and our eyes of love, and our eyes of understanding, that is different than what we see. It's different than because we have to make a choice. Is this my life or is this God's life? Are these my words or are these God's words? Are these my dreams or are these the dreams that God has placed in my heart that I might that I might accomplish for him and for his honor and his glory. And it isn't about us. It's about him. And how is God going to bless us? How is God going to reveal himself to other people? How is he going to reveal his love except through our difficulties, except through our problems, except through the problems that we face and the problems that we encounter? It's that in the midst of these trials... I have hope, and I am blessed, and I am secure. You see, we as God's children bear his image. We bear his likeness. We bear his creativity. We bear his creativity. I think that our life needs to be reflective of a creativeness because he who spoke the world into existence speaks to us. Not in an audible voice, but in a creative voice that allows us to look at a stone and make a rabbit, <laughs> paint a rabbit. <laughs> to see a rabbit in a stone. <laughs> when God allows us to look at people and not see a failure, but see a success. When God allows us to see decisions that are in front of us and make wise choices, that's the creativeness of God. We need not downplay it or uh, because, you know, sometimes uh, we think that because it, uh, it's, I thought of it, it can't be that important. <laughs> but it's because you thought of it. It's because, how do we know that isn't the thought of God? How do we know it isn't God doing that very same thing inside of us? When you look into the mirror, do we see the character of God? His thoughts and his gifts are ours and we are his. <laughs> do you see his likeness? Do you see his likeness in our actions? And if they're not in our actions, let them be in our words. And if they're in our words, they will be in our actions. Hebrews chapter 6 says, When God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it up to the hilt by putting his own reputation on the line. He said, I promise that I will bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. He told Abraham, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make your seed blessed and I'm going from the, your seed will come one who will sit upon the throne forever. And it was all through, and it was Jesus Christ. And you see that in our lives, God has made a promise. And his promises are backed up by his word. His word is the promise, and his word is 
the molder of our lives and this word whenever we take the promise and we put the promise together with what's going on inside of our lives they become they take shape and whenever they take shape inside of us our spirit sees it and our mind must understand that God is gifting us with something greater than what we could just create on our own I like the the story where the uh, scientists went to the went to God and they said God we can now make man. We can now make man out of dirt. And God said, okay, let's get started. And the man reached down, the scientist reached down and grabs, grabs a handful of dirt, and God says, make your own dirt. <laughs> Go get your own dirt. <laughs> I made this dirt. And in our lives, we look at things, and it isn't what we can do, it's what God can do through us. And when God wanted to guarantee a promise, he gave his word. When God wanted to guarantee a promise, he said, take my word for it. Take my word for it. And I find that in the word of God, I find promises, and I find the power to back it up. I find the power to <laughs> give us the ability for making it work. Giving us the ability to make it work. Also in Hebrews chapter 6, Verse 18, we who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hoped for with both hands and never let go. I will run to God, and whenever I'm running to his promises, I hold on to his promise because sometimes that promise is all we have. Hebrews 10, so let's do it, full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out. <laughs> we are presentable inside and out. What makes us doubt that God can't do something? What makes it not a clear choice? We have doubt. We have doubt about ourselves and about our past and about our failures and we've tried this before and it's not worked we have we've clouded up the situation we've clouded it up because we are we are presentable inside and out not because i make myself clean i am presentable inside and out because jesus has forgiven me his blood has washed me and i am clean on the inside and on the out and now I run to his promises, I run to the word, I run to the life source, and I drink of the well of wa living water, which is Christ, and I receive it into my soul, and it cleanses my life. And I am a new creation, a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away, behold, all things become new. It hasn't entered into our hearts and minds the things that has been, God has prepared for them that love him. So let's be creative. Let's be creative in who we are. Let's look at life and say, I can do this. I can dream big dreams. Because the bigger the dream, the greater it takes for God. It has to be God to make it work. I can go buy a pop-up tent if I want one. But I don't want a pop-up tent. <laughs> I don't want to go tenting. I want to, well, with God's help, we will, whatever. 
however big, I have big dreams, so don't ask how big, because you'll think I'm nuts. But God puts big dreams inside of us. God puts big dreams inside of us because it'll take God to make it happen. It'll take God to make it happen. It'll take God to make it happen. Amen. <laughs> I can, it'll take God to make it happen. It will take God to make it happen. It's not a dream if we can put our hands on it. It's not a dream if we can go make it and bring it home. I, ha I have a dream and I'm going to go get lunch today. <laughs> yeah? Hallelujah, yes. <laughs> I'm going to go have lunch today. I can make that happen. But whenever I'm starving or whatever, or someone's starving in, the, in, in a desert or in a, in a remote area of a, a country and they have nothing to eat, it's, it's a dream for them to have something to eat, but God can fulfill the dreams. There can be water in the desert. <laughs> there were these people traveling in the desert, and they had run out of water. And they had stopped at one place where the person that was leading them felt that there would be water. And they dug down two feet. They found no water, and there they died. But water was just another foot away. Had they dug down another foot, there was water there. And in our lives, doubt will cause us to stop digging. Our appearance that we're not presentable will stop us from believing and dreaming and becoming we have to remember that it is God who makes us presentable. All have sinned. All have fallen short. All have come up short in this thing of life. But God makes us presentable. God is the reason I am forgiven. God is the reason that we have hope and we have eternal life. God is the reason I can believe that tomorrow is better than today. And God is the reason I can believe that when this body stops functioning, everything that is life in me goes to heaven. God is the reason I believe this. God is the reason I believe that the doors of heaven will be open for me whenever I enter, when I come there, because I don't enter on my own. I enter because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus ever liveth, King James Version, Jesus ever liveth to make intercession for us. Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is praying for us. And do you think his prayers are not important? Do you think his belief in you is somehow misplaced? Do you think that the dreams that he breathed into your mind and heart weren't meant to be? God has given those things to us and they will take us to our next step and our next step and our next step, but we have to know that we are presentable inside and out to God.
And should he come back at this very moment and we ascend into heaven and we're standing there, we will stand there knowing it wasn't because of me, it was because of him. And his blood shed for our life and our sins and our forgiveness and we will be forever with him. He ever lives to intercede for us. He knows the need, he knows the problems, he knows the difficulties, but that's not a problem to him. He's God. And he gives us the strength, gives us the ability, he gives us the belief it's all good. In everything give thanks. Everything give thanks. And so in this thanksgiving, I'm looking for the good. I'm looking for the good in a bad situation. I'm looking for hope in a hopeless situation. I'm looking for the best in all situations. Not because of what I can do, but because of what God sees. God's eye sees differently than our eyes. And what does God see in this situation? He sees hope. He sees blessing. He sees divine intervention. He sees miracles. (laughs) Because he lives inside of us. And we want to see him more clearly we want to see his eyes we want to see his view of my life and my difficulties because they're not mine they're his so do we have a clear choice (laughs) yes we do and god is the one who puts it before us amen let's stand You know, many of you uh, don't wear corrective lenses, (laughs) eyeglasses. I remember when I was in kindergarten, or no, I didn't go to kindergarten, when I was in first grade, they they sent me to an eye doctor, you know, for glasses. I didn't need glasses. I could always see. And when I can still remember when I sat down in a chair and that guy did those flip, 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 and it was like, whoa, that's what seeing is. <laughs> you know, I still remember that. And that's what we need to have in our lives when we have faith. Flip, 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 flip. You know, the little thing go around. If you ever had an eye test and you go through those little things, and it's like, oh. And when Jesus, when we look at life through his word, we have a clear choice. Things are then brought into perspective. And we have a perspective that isn't human. We have a perspective that is divine. And that's God living in us, seeing through us, and imparting his word, and coupling it with his promise and his possibilities. (laughs) Rachel, do you want to sing? I am a promise. I am a possibility. (laughs) And that's what we used to do in, in Bible school when they were kids. So, Father, thank you for the promise. Thank you for the possibility. Thank, thank you, Lord, for the clear choice we have in seeing life according to your word. Bless us, O God, that we might be blessings. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Let what I say, Lord, be your words. What I do, Lord, let it be acceptable to you. May I always be receptive of your spirit and your love, your forgiveness, because in you, Lord, I am presentable to the Father. 
Amen? God bless you.